friendship. Rhodes? Where we're going, we don't need Rhodes. No. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to another episode of After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And uh, we've been away for a little while. Uh, we were uh, There was some um, competing vacation times that kind of overlapped and then didn't overlap. And so by the time we were both in town again, it's been like a month since our last episode. So we apologize for leaving you hanging. But, you know, that's how these things go. So I think hopefully yeah. now we're both rested and recharged. Does that sound accurate, Phil? Uh Maybe a little bit rested, but yeah, no, it's all been, uh, it's been a bit of a hectic summer, as Mike said, it's been good weather, bad weather, holidays, uh, colds, you know, because it's still things going around, but uh, yeah, okay, all, all back and ready to go and talk about movies. All right, that sounds good. Uh, so yeah, we have a lot of movie stuff to talk about today. We got a jam-packed show. Uh, Phil, why don't you tell people what we're going to be discussing in this episode? Okay, we're going to be going after the ending of Dirty Dancing, that little film about uh, a delicious dirty dance. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the first two episodes of Amazon's Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, which has got too many rings in the title. And we're also <laughs> going to be discussing uh, the last five films we both watched, because it's been think- a while, so we're just going to catch up with those kind of things as well. And as always, if you're watching this live on Facebook, YouTube, uh, you can um, you can leave a comment on the post where you're watching it. We'll be able to see it, so you can enter the conversation. We can discuss things, if need be. We can flash your comments up on the screen below us. There, uh, yeah, yeah, and yep. Uh, yeah. We'll see how it goes. Oh, and we'll also be doing our recommendations at the end of things which yes. may be film related, but can be anything and everything. That's right. I got some some juicy stuff to bring up. Actually, I'm excited about this episode. Like I know that in my last five movies we watched, I think I have a couple of interesting things. I think there's a couple we've never talked about on the show before. Uh, I got, yeah. I'm pretty excited about my recommendations. And, uh, you know, I mean, Dirty Dancing. I mean, that's that's a classic. So uh, lots to cover. And then to start things off, I do have to share a little story. Right. Uh, okay. Something kind of, kind of cool. I mean, you know about this, but I'm going to go ahead and share it anyway. So do I'm gonna I pop up. do you? I do. I think you do. I'm going to go ahead and pop this up. Now, I know if you're listening to the audio podcast, the picture isn't going to do you much good. Uh, Maybe go on YouTube and see if you can find the the video. But if you're watching the show here, oh, man, it's in the background. Okay. (laughs) Uh, How do I? Okay. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's going to be less exciting for those of you who are watching if I can't figure out how to do this. Uh, It's it's been a while, so it's... No, why didn't it go into the... Okay, hang on. I I figured it out, I think. Hang on a second, everyone. Uh, And I know for those of you listening, sorry, man trying to figure out computer does not make for compelling (laughs) podcast listening. But um, there we go. So that is uh, me and one Mr. Nicolas Cage. Uh, You may have heard of him. He's an actor of some renown. And uh, I ran into him on vacation. We went to... uh, We had a massive epic vacation went to san francisco for a couple days then over to hawaii for a week and then back to (laughs) i see you there phil uh back (laughs) to california and to los angeles and um the the first morning we were in la i ran into nicholas cage at breakfast um in the restaurant in our hotel 
uh, and it was interesting because as you can see from the photo, if you're if you're looking at it, he's got the bright red hair and the beard and the glasses. And um, when you see him up close, there's no mistaking that it's it's really him. But what, what's funny is I was at the buffet. We were at breakfast. I was at the breakfast buffet and um, I uh, I um, I came back to sit down and my wife says to me, like, man, this guy behind us really sounds like Nicolas Cage. So I kind of <laughs> look back at him. And I see him and I'm like, boy, he looks a lot like Nicolas Cage, too. And then I'm like, well, we're in Hollywood. So he was wearing a tank top and I could see his tattoos. So very quickly, I did a Google search for Nicolas Cage tattoos and I found a picture of his tattoos. And then I went back to the buffet to get something like, a, you know, I was like, oh, I need more apple juice so I could get a better look at him on the way back. And sure enough, the tattoos matched up. So now, hang on. Of course, I got one little thing. I got to move here. My dog is trying to wreck my office. So anyway. So I um, uh, I waited for him to finish eating because I don't like to disturb people while they're eating, obviously. And yeah. um, so he finished eating. And actually, there was a, like a, a father and a daughter next to us. Uh, and he they went over to him and asked to get a picture. So once they opened the floodgates, I figured, well, I'm game then because they already were the <laughs> ones who were like, you know, rude to kind of start things off. So then I was like, can I get a picture with you? And um, he said, sure, sure. And so I, you know, I got a picture and I said to him like, hey, I, you know, I really thought uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which is his latest movie. And it's kind of a meta film where he plays himself. I said, I thought that was brilliant. And he gave me the very like, you know, it's funny, like there's looks that he has that, you know, really well. He did this thing where he kind of like puts his head back and like sort of looks like down his nose, but not like in a snobby. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of like, and he was like, yeah, oh, that was a real fun one. And uh, it was just like such a classic Nicolas Cage face. Like there was no mistaking it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Um, and then, he, you know, and then he was basically like, he kind of moved. It was just the, 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 just those three of us that talked to him and he kind of walked, you know, started walking out and said, thanks for watching and waved and he, and he took off. Um, and uh, it's funny because, you know, people see the picture. I'll, I'll show it again real quick. And they were like, oh, I never would have recognized him. And um, what's funny is like, I don't know that I would have if I just glanced at him, if I would have recognized him. But here's what I'll say. There's no mistaking that voice, right? Like, it doesn't matter if you recognize him or not. The minute you heard him talking, because he was on the phone, and he was talking to the waiter, like, you just, then you were like, oh, that's totally Nicolas Cage. Like, there's no mistaking that voice, you know? And then you see him up close, and you're like, oh, it looks like him. But like, the second can you hear him open his mouth you're like i'm 100 percent sure that is him um <laughs> so uh that was a fun little celebrity encounter in los angeles didn't you do uh, an impression of nicholas cage <laughs> I, I think that's like the one impression on the show that i i have done before i usually do everybody yeah. else and I, it's like I a one the, word or two word impression yeah yeah i do the superman when he was because i joke about him being cast for superman and my whole nicholas cage superman impression is well lois and that's pretty much it <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. Cracks me up every time. Thanks, thanks. I, I I always enjoy that one. I'm glad. Not many people seem to get the humor of it, I guess, but but you do, and that's why I love you, Phil. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just made up. He was a he was a nice to meet in person. Yeah, he was. I mean, always, you know, look, it, it wasn't like he, he you know he was like doing jumping jacks over you know talking to strangers and you know or or like you know he wasn't. But he was, he was perfectly nice. He was perfectly congenial. He certainly didn't mind taking pictures with us. You know, he let me chat for him for a second. It was clear he wanted to, like, you know, he was like, okay, took my picture. Thanks for talking to me. Time to move on. Like, I tried not to belabor it. I didn't want to, like, try and hold him up for, like, 10 minutes, you know. But so it wasn't like we exchanged numbers or anything, but he was perfectly nice. He wasn't, like, weird or cranky or anything like that, you know. Um, and so it was cool. It was a fun It was a fun way to start our trip to uh, Los Angeles. <laughs> to Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, we got a, a, a comment here from uh, Ryan C. saying, more important question, what restaurant were you at? Um, I don't know. It's, it's So here's the thing. He actually has a, an apartment across the street from the restaurant. I 
heard him mentioning that to the waiter. Uh, and that's why he eats there. Because it was the restaurant in the hotel, which it wasn't like a fancy hotel or anything. Trust me. It wasn't like we were at the Four Seasons. Um, but I don't know if I should reveal that because, you know, now that we are best friends, I feel like I have to protect his his privacy yeah, a little yeah. bit. So. And I remember talking to Nick. He was going on about how uh, he bumped into <laughs> you. He said it was, uh... Right. Right. Exactly. So. <laughs> Oh, I wish. But anyway, yeah, I thought so it was for, his, fun. for his privacy, we'll keep the name of the restaurant and the hotel right, to ourselves. Right. But you've seen yeah. an image, you, you do, you could do uh, search and things. But yeah, right. And Ryan, Ryan says that makes sense. I, I appreciate your understanding on that, Ryan. I just, you know, I don't want to jeopardize our friendship now because it's it's just new still. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's a little early to be putting that at, at risk. So, um, but yeah. So anyway, like I said, I thought that was a fun way to visit Hollywood and uh, it was pretty cool. Of all people to run into, yeah. Nick Cage, not bad, you know, not definitely bad. good one. That's what you want to do when you go to Hollywood. You want to bump into somebody famous. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. We totally did. Cool. All right. So enough of my exploits. Uh, let's get into our uh, after the ending and all that good stuff, shall we? Yes, let's do it. All right. So um, we are going to start by going after the ending of Dirty Dancing. Uh, and you guys know the drill. Um, first, we got to talk about the film itself. So, so, Phil, what do you think of Dirty Dancing? Well, first of all, one of the reasons we're doing this, as you suggested, it's turning 35 years old. It's its anniversary. Yes. Yes. Seems a good they reason. Just, uh, yep. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I, I've always liked the film. I always think it's it's a good film. It's a, it's a good romantic drama. Uh, good, good cast, good performances by everybody involved. I've seen it loads of times. Mm -hmm. uh, it's always one of those ones where I never seek it out, but if it's like on TV, I've watched it. I've seen it at the cinema. Uh, good for you. I think it oh, might cool. have been like its 25th anniversary. Maybe I saw it at the cinema then. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, some friends of mine, they went to the Secret Cinema Dirty Dancing earlier this year, which had been postponed from a few years back. And they said that was really good. But uh, yeah, I've cool. always enjoyed it. Uh, Pat, I always like uh, Patrick Swayze. I, yep. Yeah, whatever he's in, I've always enjoyed. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And it's got a few. It's it's a decent drama, and the, the dancing is like, it's not that big a deal part of the film, to be honest. But it's, yeah, I always enjoy it. And yeah, it's my take on dirty dancing. What about right. you? Yeah, you know, um, it's like you said, it's the 35th anniversary, which is a little bit mind blowing. Uh, they just put out a new. I think the first time the film has been on 4K Ultra HD, which I reviewed mm -hmm. for my movie review column so that's what made me think of it because it's like hey this is a film everyone loves we've never done it it's the 35th anniversary there's a brand new edition out there so if you're jonesing to watch it again it's the first time you can get it on 4k it's got the digital copy all that good stuff um but i really like dirty dancing i think i mean it's a classic at this point and i think it's for a reason you know um and uh i've seen it like you a bunch of times i think it holds up really well the, the soundtrack is amazing um you know like you said the dancing isn't that big of a part of it it's like a musical you know what i mean it's it's a drama yeah. that has some dancing in it um, but it's part of the story. It's not a it's not a musical where people just break in a dance for no reason. You know, it's all within the context of reality. Um, and, and here's the thing, you know, I like you said, Patrick Swayze is just, you know, he's sorely missed. You know what I mean? Um, you know, he obviously passed away several years ago now, but he was great in everything. And, and this is the this is the movie that made him like a superstar. Um, and, and I like several of his films. And I think he's just, you know, it's easy to see why every buddy fell in love with him when you watch this movie you know what i mean like yeah. you don't get many characters actors who are like cooler slash sexier than you know patrick swayze as johnny castle you know uh that's it's yeah it's pretty awesome so i i do like their dancing quite a bit yeah he had uh he had good screen charisma you, you oh for it. sure anything yeah, absolutely 
Absolutely. So, all right. Well, we're going to go after the ending of Dirty Dancing because obviously we're not counting that Havana Nights thing or Lombada Nights or whatever it is, Dirty Dancing as a sequel because it's not. It's just like basically a different movie. I think he cameoed in it, but it still doesn't count. We want to know what happens to Johnny and Baby, right? That's what everybody wants to know. And that's what we're hopefully going to find out. Yes. Well, it depends. We've been known to sort of take things in weird directions before, but uh, uh, Phil, I think you said you'd go first for tonight. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what happens after the ending of Dirty Dancing? I will. And I'm not sure. I've, it's one of those. I've got this uh, feeling there could be a chance maybe we'll get Mike a similar way. I don't know. Okay. But yeah, if you're just joining us, uh, Mike and I never know what the other pairs, other ones ending is until now, until we learn with you. But uh, sometimes there's been some weird crossovers but uh let's wait and see could be wrong maybe i am okay. this is mine this is what All happens right. to after the ending of dirty dancing oh wait after i gotta tell you what happened in the movie first i forgot to do my oh, recap yeah, go on, yeah. Oh, yeah, go on. Ah, sorry because you know i know everyone knows dirty dancing but it might be a while since you've seen it so i always like to do the recaps so people remember sort of the events in case anything important for our ending so let's see this is what happens we take a month off for vacations we get all rusty I know. and it all goes to hell um all right yeah, everything goes to hell. Uh, Dirty Dancing from 1987, directed by Emil Ardolino, uh, starring Patrick Swayze, Jennifer Grey, and Jerry Orbach. Uh, so I'm trying to keep this one pretty short, but in 1963, uh, Baby is her nickname. Frances Houseman Baby is visiting an upscale resort in the Catskill Mountains with her parents and her sister. Uh, she meets dance instructor Johnny uh, through a secret Dirty Dancing party and becomes interested in him. She finds out that Johnny's dance partner, Lisa, is pregnant by a womanizer named Robbie. Uh, so she borrows the money from her dad to pay for Lisa to have an abortion. Lisa doesn't want to do it because if her and Johnny miss this big dance performance, they'll lose their whole salary for the season. But Baby volunteers to take her place and starts dance lessons with Johnny. Uh, Baby's dad, who's a doctor, is forced to help Lisa when her abortion goes badly. He assumes that Johnny got her pregnant and forbids Baby to see him. We all know how well that works out when you forbid a teenage girl to see the boy that she's in love with. Uh, but of course, they begin seeing each other in secret. Johnny gets fired thanks to a woman who's mad that he spurned her advances. But at the end of the season dance show, the big dance uh, like talent show, Johnny and Baby perform their act to perfection. And the immortal line, nobody puts Baby in a corner, is uttered. Uh, Robbie's true character and role as the guy who impregnated Lisa comes to light. And Baby's dad realizes that Johnny's a good guy. And then everyone dances. And that's Dirty Dancing in a Nutshell. Excellent. All right. Now, Phil, tell us what happens after the ending of Dirty Dancing. Thank you. Okay. After their summer at Kellerman's, Baby and Johnny stayed together for a little while. But the long distance and Johnny moving from job to job meant the romantic relationship fell apart. However, they remained friends and sent letters to each other every few months. Johnny's career as a dancer grew steadily and took him all over the country, but he never became the huge star he wanted to be although he did end up as a well-respected choreographer. He had a child called James with a woman named Suzanne Dalton, but their relationship also failed, and he very rarely saw his son. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay. One day, yeah. Johnny yeah. realised that he'd not heard from Baby in a while, and when he looked into the matter, he was devastated to hear that Baby and her family had been killed in a house fire. Ooh. Unbeknownst to Johnny, the house fire was was a cover set up as the Housemans had gone into witness protection. Dr. Jack ah. Houseman had been witness for a huge case involving the mob. For the family's safety, they had to fake their deaths and disappear and take on new identities. Baby, okay. as you'd imagine, was upset to give up her 
past life, but she understood it was for the good of the family and the, her own safety. She was now known as Kate, or Katie to her friends. She fell in love and married a man called Tom and had a successful career in real estate, but Kate and Tom doted on their two kids, Jeannie and Ferris. And that's uh, <laughs> my end. All right. Very nice. Very nice. I like it. Um <laughs> Okay, now I don't I don't like to over-explain our endings, so I think people, everyone picks up on who Ferris and Jeannie are, at least they should pick that one up, but I feel like some people may not have caught the Suzanne Dalton bit in there, that of course, and him not being around much, meaning that his kid was Dalton from Roadhouse, of course, which was also Patrick Swayze, Roadhouse. so I do like how they, they each gave birth to their own characters, so very well played, <laughs> sir, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Thank you very Nicely much, done, and it kind of works out with the, uh, the years, maybe... Yeah, right, because the Ventura Dancing takes place in the 60s, and those are both movies yeah, yeah. from the 80s, so it's conceivable that they would yeah. they would about fit that timeline. So, yeah, very I, nicely thought, done. I, could, I couldn't resist. I was going to go like a normal romantic kind of thing, but I thought, no, once right. I got the idea, I thought, I'm going to do that. Well, I'm, make it work. I'm glad. I'm glad you went in that direction because I went with the normal romantic thing, and that way we have a little bit more variety. So, Yay. actually, there is not an overlap in our. Um, in our ending. So here's the thing. Here's the thing I wanted to mention. You know, I never like to assign gender roles to movies. Like every, anybody can like any movie. doesn't matter what gender you are or whatever. Right. But there, you can't deny that Dirty Dancing is a movie that is very well loved by a generation of women, um, especially mm -hmm. men, too. But especially women of a certain age love Dirty Dancing. And now there's a second generation of their kids who love Dirty Dancing as well and i know this for a fact because my wife dirty dancing is her favorite movie and now my teenage daughter dirty dancing is one of her favorite movies right <laughs> so i felt a little responsibility with my ending to not go off the rails because there's a good chance that they both might listen to this episode uh and i felt like i had to um live up to something you know i felt like i just i owed it to johnny and baby and all of the legions of dirty dancing fans out there to to go in the uh, more, you know, emotional, romantic kind of vein. So I'm glad you went in our more traditional kind of wacky fun way. Now I'm going to get yeah. a little more, you know. Well, well to be uh, honest, I almost got there. Robbie real, real a serial killer, but uh, decided not to. <laughs> it's been a while. For, for, yeah, it's for been a while for serial killer, yeah. Uh, Phil definitely had a run for a while there where he was semi-regularly turning people into serial killers, and it became a big long-time running joke on the show. I think it, we haven't seen it as much in recent years, but uh, that would definitely be a great throwback. So, all right. Well, I, I like that very much. Nicely done. <laughs> you what? I must get back into that. Yeah, I've not done it. Since yeah. we've gone to video, I've not done that, I don't think. Right. right. I wonder if it's something like that, because like, like the camera lens is on you, so now like you feel a little more self-conscious about making everyone into serial killers because people might read more into it, even though there's not really that much difference between doing it on audio only and then video, you know? But maybe there's something about mm. that. Could I don't know. Right. Maybe I'm just like I'm analyzing. That's it. The next one, everybody's going to be a serial killer. <laughs> well, I'm going to try and suggest them the least serial killer movie ever. Like, like I don't know, like Ants, you know, or something like that. <laughs> be like, you know, or, or something. Be like, yeah, Paddington Two, and it's going to be like, okay, everyone becomes a serial killer. Oh yeah, you know? he reverts back to his true bear nature. <laughs> right, right, right. He is a bear after all. Right. So. <laughs> But I digress. We digress. Okay, let's. All right. What's going on with your dirty dancing? After All the right. End? So here's my dirty dancing after the ending. Uh, here we go. Okay. So as their vacation ends, Baby and her family return to Long Island. 
I have no idea if they're really from Long Island or not, but it seemed pretty apropos. So, uh, Baby's completely in love with Johnny, and he loves her back, but he has to settle his affairs and the cat skills before he can go anywhere. He promises Baby that he'll follow her wherever she goes once he's got his affairs in order. When they return home, Baby discovers an acceptance letter from a college in Maryland. She hadn't been planning to go to school necessarily, but her father secretly sent in a college application, and she was accepted. But school's starting in just a few days, so she has to hurriedly pack and get ready to move. She calls Johnny and tells him where she's going, and he tells her he'll see her soon. She heads off to college and enrolls in a dance program after a stunning audition. Uh, things are going well for the first few weeks, but during a new routine, Baby suffers a nasty fall and breaks her leg in multiple places. Johnny, meanwhile, has gone radio silent, and she can't get a hold of him, and she starts to fall into a deep depression. Weeks go by, and Baby is barely eating or sleeping, and she stopped going to most of her classes. Finally, she goes in to get her cast off, and she realizes that while she can walk okay, her future as a dancer is probably over. She slumps on a bench outside of the doctor's office and begins to cry. The end. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That would be terrible. <laughs> um, then she hears a familiar oh voice. Hey, Johnny says, sorry I'm a little late. Baby looks up in disbelief and throws herself into Johnny's arms he explained that he planned to be there much earlier but he got arrested when robbie tried to get revenge on him by accusing him of a crime and it took a few months for him to clear his name and get out of lockup johnny helps baby to her car which is loaded up with all of johnny no to his car which is loaded up with all of johnny's belongings baby drops out of classes for the rest of the semester but she utilizes a loophole due to her injury to not lose her enrollment status altogether when the new status, uh, oh, uh, and uh, sorry, Johnny gets a job as a dance instructor at a local studio, and they move into an apartment together. When the new semester starts, Baby re-enrolls with a new focus, medicine. She starts school over on the pre-med track, which pleases her father greatly. As Baby works her way through school, Johnny becomes well-respected in the Maryland dance community, and when the owner of the studio he works at decides to retire, Johnny is given the chance to buy the studio. Baby's father, who has come to consider Johnny part of the family over the past few years, helps finance the sale, and Johnny fulfills his dream of dance success by owning his own dance studio. For the next several decades, Dr. and Mr. Baby and Johnny Castle are fixtures of the local scene, well-loved amongst the residents, at the forefront of bringing arts and entertainment to the area, and known far and wide for their charity and altruism. They live happily ever after, going out dancing together every Friday night for the rest of their lives. And that's the end. Nice. I like that. Thank you. Mm. I felt like I owed it to all the Dirty Dancing fans out there to give Johnny and Baby that that happy ending together. And you know me. I'm a sappy and I'm a sucker. I'm you a sucker are. for the romantic endings, so I couldn't resist. Yeah. No, I like that. It's good. Thanks. A, a Thanks. proper ending for them. Yeah. Well, I was trying to, you know, you know me, right? I try to frame it in a realistic way, but also, like, you know, I mean, I, I got to figure out the happy ending, but also I didn't want to just be like, and they live happily ever after at the end. Like, there had to be some, you know, something interesting, hopefully. Yeah, so. yeah. All right, there you go. So those are our endings for 1987's Dirty Dancing, a classic. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed them. And uh, let us know what you think in the comments. Uh, even if you're not listening live, share what you think after the fact. Right, Phil? Yeah, always good to hear from you. We always read all the comments that you leave. Oh, and also, if whichever podcast uh, platform you're listening to this on, if you can do a leave a review or like a five star or whatever, however many stars you think it's worth, and like and share and all that, all that razzle yeah. You know the drill. You know, it's always very much appreciated, and it does help. Every like, every share, it does help. Absolutely. 
All right, so now we're going to move on to our spoiler-free discussion of Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, the new Amazon show. Uh, we're not going to get into any spoilers. If you haven't seen it yet, you can listen without fear. Um, frankly, I don't even know if there's that much to spoil. No, uh, I think not. But, but even if there was, we're not going to spoil it. So, But we are going to talk a little bit about our th initial thoughts on the show. Um, Phil, I, I think... You've probably seen a little more than I have, um, so I guess we'll just kind of jump into things, right? So yeah. uh, do you want to start off and share some of your thoughts about it? Well, yeah, so it's The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Uh, recently had Prime Video, the first two episodes. Uh, you've probably been aware it's had lots of controversy running up to this because it turns out the rights they said they had, they didn't. Uh, lots of people had already made their mind up before it even aired. Uh, trailers came out so people have been or lots of people saying it's going to be rubbish and other people saying let's wait and see and we waited and saw and while i don't it's not rubbish i've seen people say it's an abomination it's dreadful and all this stuff i don't feel it's that oh it's also amazon keeps saying it's like the most expensive tv show ever made mm -hmm. it's like a billion dollars uh, i feel on the whole it looks really good although mm -hmm. there's a few ropey bits i saw both the first two episodes looks really good I think there's potential there for something. I enjoyed part of it. I thought the second episode is better than the first. Okay. There's some good performances, but there's also some lousy performances. Uh, I felt the script was was a bit lousy. It was all a bit, a little bit boring, uh, and it felt like it was all set up with no payoff. And I know, I know it's like eight episodes, but we're with the two episodes gone, we're two hours into it. And you want to see something going. The pacing is all not quite right. And I think I think the showrunners on the show, I can't remember the names, but they're, they're inexperienced. And it surprised me a bit to, to bring on inexperienced showrunners for something this big and also not have any big-name actors in it. Um, right. There's a guy in it, Lenny Henry. He's one of the Harfoots who was uh, – lots of people in the UK will know him because he was a, a comedian, impressionist, actor, and he's been doing more – things like that but it's, it's good to see him on the screen but apart from him everybody else is kind of uh may recognize the face and things like that but i mean i enjoyed it more as it went on and i'm interested to see where it goes that's right. my initial thing what about you um i'll be honest i did only watch the first episode i didn't actually realize that two episodes had dropped until you mentioned it like earlier today and i was like mm -hmm. oh there's a second like i didn't i didn't realize that i think that's partially because i wasn't I think had I been more excited by it, I probably would have looked closer to see if there was more episodes of it. Um, you know, uh, here, here's my big, my biggest issue with it, with the first episode, which is an hour and five minutes is I thought it was boring as molasses. Like I, I just thought it was really slow. Um, not much really happened. And I was like, I get that it's Lord of the Rings. And, you know, I made a comment about it on social media and some of my friends were like, I don't see how that's different from the first hour of any of the Lord of the Rings movies. And I was <laughs> like, I get where you're coming from. I know that they can be slow starting, but I, I never thought the movies were that boring. Like they definitely weren't always, you know, just nonstop action in the beginning, but I always, I enjoy most of the Lord of the Rings movies. So like, I, I get it. That's a snappy comment, but like, you know, it's, it's different when you're sitting there for a whole movie because you, you're kind of forced to see the end of it with a TV show where I have the chance to not have to come back next week. It boggles the mind a little bit that you spent half a billion dollars or whatever. And the first episode was just people talking at each other the whole time. Yeah. Like, I thought that was weird. Where is, I don't, I don't need it to be like a three hour epic battle scene, but just like, 
any kind of real action. I mean, there's the one quick little battle scene in the beginning with the, the troll or whatever, the ogre thing. And then it was just talk, 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 talk. And largely talk I didn't care that much about. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I understand that that's the big thing right now. Fantasy prequels is in because, you know, we got Ring of Power, or Power, Rings of Power. We got the, the House of the Dragon and all that stuff. Never really been a huge fan of prequels. Still not in general. There's a couple that I like, but um, it's it feels a little bit like okay, so like uh, not to get too into into the weeds for people who aren't that familiar, but like okay, so Galadriel is convinced that Sauron is really out there. Okay, well, where's the suspense? Because we know that Sauron is really out there because we've seen the Lord of the Rings movies. So like, yeah, I know it's gonna be how she figures it out or how it all gets started or whatever. But it's kind of like, well, but I already know how it's gonna end up, you know. Um, so that was I, I just felt like it was really dull. My other complaint, I guess, is, you know, I, I felt the same way as you, like a couple of name actors. Like, first of all, they don't have to be the, it doesn't be Tom Cruise, right? Like, I get that you're trying to keep, it's already expensive enough as a show. You got to keep yeah, the budget yeah. down a little bit. But there, there are plenty of like recognizable actors who would bring something to it who aren't going to cost you a fortune. Um, and I, I get, hey, listen. And then it's like, okay, people can say like, yeah, but it's good to give new people a chance. And I agree, but I wish they were better. Um, and I, I hate to, I never like to really like, you know, tear people down you know i'm sure everyone's trying their best on the show but a couple of lead characters i felt like their performances are really kind of bland and kind of vanilla like there was nobody that like whose performance got me really excited to watch them the only character that kind of got me interested was the um the one elf who like he's darker skinned and he he has the bow and arrow and he was in like the bar yeah, yeah he's like the scout the army guy yeah 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 i th that actor had such a charisma about him that i was like oh yeah, give me more of like him. him like what's his deal you know I, I i'm sorry i don't know the actor's name or the character's name but um he was fantastic like but some of the main characters i was kind of like really like ah, not loving their portrayals of these characters and, and i'm not coming at this like i i saw somebody on social who was like this show's an abomination and and he was like you know well the harfoots are in you know second earth and this is in middle earth and that's completely inaccurate and i was like okay Let's settle down with that stuff. Like, I'm not a diehard Lord of the Rings, like, reading books fan. That sounds bad. I love reading books. I'm not a fan. I haven't read the, the Lord of the Rings books. Like, I'm not compl complaining because they're, like, not 100% accurate to the texts. You know what I mean? Like, that's a whole different argument that I don't. I try not to get into that because I don't generally care about that stuff. But just as a casual fan, it's like, could you guys do something a little more interesting here? Like, yeah. make me get excited about this? Yeah, you want to do it so it's it's gonna the first episode's gonna grab people who are in two minds about watching it, and it's it's meant to be a show. So they actually had some big. That's the other thing that surprised me. They kept going on saying we're going to tell the story that Tolkien couldn't do. We're going to do something different, and yet everything about it is pretty much uh, following what was set up by Peter Jackson's films because mm. it had it had the intro by Galadriel uh, with you know some flashbacks and things, and then it had. It had a, a hobbit meeting a mysterious person with a beard. Uh, right. You might not have seen that bit. Uh, and there's just just little bits like that. Uh, by the way, the guy you're talking about, the elf, he played a character called Arondir, and his name's Ishmael Cruz Cordova. That's it. That's right. Yeah. And I, I did look him up afterwards because I was really impressed by him. So yeah, uh, I, I hope he gets more screen time uh, as but, the show goes on. But it was the elves in general. I did like Elrond. I like the guy playing Elrond. Mm. But uh, I, all of the elves... Uh, I didn't get the feeling that they were majestic or ageless. They were meant to be almost like an angelic because they've been there since the beginning. Right. It touched on that in the prequel where, well, in the opening where it said the the elves were there even before 
the sun was the sun rose there was still right. light and yet we saw them there and they were just all acting like well i know they were kids but they were acting they were meant to be there was no evil meant to be no evil yet 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 some of them trying to sink a little boat which kind of be can be evil <laughs> right yeah Right, like they're so it's just an enlightened uh, race, but meanwhile, yeah. kids are still little brats, basically. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, but, okay. then, but then these these elves, like Galadriel and everybody in Elrond, have been alive for th hundreds, thousands of years, and they just they just came across as uh, as arrogant uh, people, uh, impatient, and yet they'd have the most patience. It was nice the bit where Elrond, you know, he hadn't seen his dwarven friend because to Elrond, it was only like you know. 20 years and that's like that's like a blink of an eye for him but the dwarf right. was upset but uh as i said elrond gave the the closest to like like an elf kind of uh persona but everybody else was just seemed just be like be a ratty human full of all human <laughs> foibles and things like that which you don't want to see that with the elves in the lord of the ring films on the books and everything that these majestic uh mysterious people and yeah. you know I haven't got that feeling from them. Right. And if you're going to have somebody who's not doing that, it should be something more notable, more of an outlier, where it's yeah. like, oh, why is this one like that? That's what makes them interesting because they're different from the other elves. But instead, they were all kind of like that. And it just was like, oh, they're just people with pointy ears then, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, was, I wrote, made a note saying, having a smug grin on your face does not make you wise <laughs> and mysterious. Very accurate. Very accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess here's the thing. I, I was on the fence about whether I'm going to watch another episode or not, because honestly, I found the first one. I don't like, here's the thing here. Here's, you know, aside from Galadriel and Elrond, because they were existing characters, I don't remember a single character's name. Like that's yeah. not a great sign. Um, I was going to make a note to that as well. You know, maybe I'll watch a second episode and, and kind of, you know, go from there. I, I guess I didn't, also didn't realize there's only eight episodes. So like I am a pretty big fan of the movies. So I'm, I guess I'll, I'll probably revisit it, but I'm certainly not excited about it. It's not high on my list. Um, and like you said, it's a TV show. You can't save all the good stuff for, for just for the end. If people don't make it to the end, then that's not going to do you any good. If it's too boring or whatever to get people hooked in, then what's the point, you know? Exactly. I mean, it just seems, uh, as I said, I enjoyed the second episode more than the first one. I'm interested to see what happens in the third one. Uh, it's, I'd recommend people, if they're not sure, I'd recommend watch the first two episodes and right. see what you think. Uh, there's still lots of characters who we've seen in trailers and things that you haven't shown up. But at the moment, it feels very much like generic fantasy show. Mm. Yeah. Be, there's yeah. nothing sort of setting it apart, which is what I wanted with The Lord of the Rings. Because Amazon did The Wheel of Time, and I've not read the books, but I thought that was okay. It was uh, I enjoyed it while I was watching it, but I know it just, again, that was very felt very generic in places. Yeah. And to be, to be honest, uh, the best uh, fantasy adaptation that Amazon have done so far was the, the cartoon. Critical Role, The Legend of Vox Machina. That was mm, the most right. faithful thing to it and had the most kind of cool fantasy elements to it. But, uh, yeah. But on, on the whole, I'm still... Uh, it's, it's, not as, it's not as dreadful as people are saying. It's just generic right. and kind of... It, it could have done with a few more passes on the script. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm just surprised when you're spending that much money on it. Yeah. That, and, and it's not... I feel like uh, this is going to... 
maybe i don't know be oversimplifying things but i feel like it's not that hard to make a great tv show these days there's so many of them out there like most people's problem is they don't have enough time to watch all the shows that they want to watch right because everyone's talking about how great this show is not great that show is not great this show is and it's like this should be that show that everyone's talking about like you know game of thrones at the height of its popularity everybody was talking about it all the time because everyone loved it like this should be that show like where everyone's just going oh my gosh i can't get over how great lord of the rings is and it's it's not, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, that's yeah Richard thing. Brown's just uh, commented. I think he's got a, kind of got it right. Yes, yes. Sounds frustratingly a little like fantasy by committee, yeah. question mark. I uh, think, is it, uh, what's his name, Amazon guy, Jeff Be- Bezos? Jeff Bezos, yeah. Yeah, I think he so, said, oh, I want to I wanna do some, I want to do Lord of the Rings. I love Lord of the Rings. Let's buy the rights. Right. Uh, let's do something. And then it's been passed down, filtered through. And people have gone, oh, yeah, let's do this. And then we go, no, we can't do that. Do, do, do. And it's just got bounced back right. and forth. And I, I don't know if they're trying to just please too many people, maybe. Like, I don't know if it's like, I feel like maybe they're trying to cater too much to both the Tolkien fans and the casual fans. But then the end result, I feel like, is they're not pleasing either. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know if like the answer is to go further away from the books and just kind of create your own story. Or if the answer is to dive deeper into the, but whatever it is, I feel like, whatever they're doing it's not really working all that well so far again that's just off of one episode maybe by the end i'll change my mind and it'll be great but so far i'm not blown away yeah i think i think they basically just gone they've just gone being ticking all the boxes and forgotten what the question was yeah 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 exactly but i i say i say we maybe we'll we'll come back to this topic in a few weeks time when a few more episodes have gone or maybe the series is after i say after yeah after after the run is complete let's let's rediscuss if we've both watched it all the way through uh and we'll see if our opinion has changed any because that certainly can happen yeah but but also saying it was the most expensive tv show ever made is not something you shout about because otherwise it can yeah that doesn't mean it's good expensive flop yeah because because right right back in 2011 yeah yeah tv show yeah that was meant to be really expensive steven spielberg involved Doing about time travel to dinosaurs yep. and things, and yep. that had one season and died. Yeah, yeah. And that show, I thought I actually kind of liked at least. So, um, yeah, no, I agree. It's just because something expensive doesn't make it good. You know, that's the thing. It's like you gotta yeah. you gotta make it good first, and then worry about how much it costs. Yeah. Otherwise, it makes you look stupid. Right. Exactly. All right. So there you go. There's a few of our thoughts on Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. I'm sure there's lots of people out there have thoughts on this. So please feel free to share them, whether you're watching live, drop some comments, or if you're just watching uh, or listening after the fact, drop your comments anyway, because when we revisit this after the run, we'll be sure to save those comments and throw a few of them in as well. So we'd like to hear from you guys. Yeah. What did you like? What did you dislike? Uh, Where do you think it's going? How could they have changed things to make it more to have grabbed our attention at the beginning? Things like that. Absolutely. All right. That is going to bring us to our top five list for the week, but this is not really a top five. It's more of a last five. This is something we do once in a while, uh, fairly semi-regularly, I should say. It is the last five movies we watched. Basically, you know, we don't. Th- yeah. there's not always a chance to talk about certain movies because uh, you know, they, don't, they're not, they don't fit our format for after the endings or they're not things people have seen or whatever. It's a good chance for us sometimes to talk about some movies that we really haven't talked about all that much on the show before. Right, Phil? That's correct, yeah, because it's uh, sometimes as well if it's a more recent film, we're not going to talk about it because we don't want to spoil the ending. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Uh, so we do, what's our rules, Phil? It's the last five films we watched. Yeah, pretty simple. We've got to stick to it. 
yeah yeah no no rearranging things or picking something from two weeks ago because you know it was good or something else is bad or whatever it's just the last five films we watched and and we share we think about them and uh this this time around i'm excited because of my list i can say for sure there's three three movies we've never talked about on the show before and i don't think at all okay um one because it's new two that are old that i just don't think i've ever come up one movie we've probably mentioned at least a few times in passing but i don't think we've ever had a uh real discussion of so um i think that's interesting i think i might have some as well yeah so i think this will be fun for people to hear some movies because you know we have some films we sort of talk about you know fairly regularly obviously because we have our favorites but this is definitely some some different stuff so uh, all right. Well, I guess I'm starting things off then because uh, that's 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 my turn. Um, yeah. So uh, my number five, if you I number mine, even though it doesn't really matter. Uh, but my number five is now this is not one we haven't talked about because we definitely did talk about it. But it is Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, okay. It was re-released into theaters here in the U.S. this past weekend. I'm not actually sure why. I don't know. Was there I think a reason? Just- I think it was just because the extended version, maybe, but yeah, I don't know why they did it. Yeah, I I don't either. Um, but uh, my mom had not seen it yet, and she wanted to see it, and I said, "Yeah, let's go." So I took her to see it. I hadn't seen it since it came out the first. I saw it opening night, and that was the last time I've watched it. Um, so we went and saw it again, and uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Which I know sounds like oh duh, because it was one of the biggest movies you know of the year. Um, but I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't as blown away by it the first time I saw it as everybody else was. There's a lot of people who were like, "It's the greatest Marvel movie of all time," and I was like, "Eh, settle down. It's pretty good." You know, I had some issues with it the first time around, um, and. I definitely still had a couple issues with it this time, but I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, I liked it a lot more, I think, this time. I really um, just, I don't know, I just started dug into it and really I, I put some of the issues aside and I, I loved it. Uh, yeah. and I, thought some, I still think there's some beautiful moments. It made me cry a couple of times. Uh, and so, you know, um, so sort of a, I found in the recent years, almost all of the Marvel movies that have come out, I have liked better the second time around. Um, I don't know if it's my expectations getting too high or what, but... That has been the case uh, multiple times, and um, this was no different. I really enjoyed it a lot more this time around. So that's my number five, Spider-Man No Way Home. That's good. Did you notice any difference with, like, the extra 11 minutes? or? So I think if I had realized that was why they re-released it, I might have paid more attention to that. Now that you're mentioning that, I'm kind of like, hmm, was there stuff in there? that I, I You know, again, only having seen it once... Um, Nothing is really jumping to mind that was that different. I'm guessing it was all small changes here and there. Yeah. I'm sure, you know what? I'm sure if I go find one of those articles online that are like, what are the differences? And then I look at all the scenes that they say are new. I'd probably go, oh, yeah, I guess that wasn't there. But off the top of my head, there was nothing that I'm remembering at the moment that was so earth shattering that I was like, oh, that's clearly a new scene. You know what I mean? I think um, there might have been a, better though. I think there might have been a little change with the post credit scene or something showing photos with Peter Parker not being in things or I'm not sure. Hmm. I don't I don't remember. Oh, yeah. You know what? I only watched the one end credit scene because I had already seen them, so and my mom didn't really care, so we left. So maybe I missed <laughs> the second one. Okay doke. Sorry. That's okay. Well, I'll go on to my film now. My my number five. It was a film from this year. It's Nope. Jordan Peele's Nope, mm. which uh, Get Out I enjoyed, Us 
it was us, wasn't it? The second one. Yeah, us was the second one. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I need to maybe watch that again, but I don't really want to. You don't really need to. Yeah, uh, but nope. I really enjoyed because mm. I've known some people said they they thought it was the most amazing film ever. People saying it was the worst film ever. I, I think I'm. I don't think it was the best film ever, but I thought it was a, uh, a good, a good. Uh, I was not going to say horror film, more like a sci-fi creature feature kind of thing. Basically, Chuck Jaws on a, a ranch. Mm. I could tell uh, <laughs> you don't think <laughs> that, but I like the whole concept of Jean Jacket. What it was, how it was the inspiration for. Oh well, I'm not going to spoil anymore, but for various okay. things we've, we've seen in the past. But, right, uh, right, right. I enjoyed it. I liked the performances. I liked the setup. I liked the creature. And uh, it's one of those ones where I think when I first came out of it, I went, oh, yeah, it was okay. But it's this was like a couple of weeks ago. But I, every now and again, I keep thinking of it and going, oh, okay. Let's see if it, it's, it seems to go up a bit more in my hmm. estimation. But it's my favorite out of Jordan Peele's films. Really? Three so far, yeah. Even more than Get Out, huh? I think so. Although it's been a while since I saw Get Out. So Interesting. I mean, at this point, I'm okay if Jordan Peele just stops making movies, frankly. Uh, I sum up my review of Nope in one word, which is Nope. Um, I thought it was incredibly stupid, and I thought that its own internal logic was broken several times, which really bothers me. And I can't really go into it without the spoilers, but like they would set something up as being like, well, this thing causes this thing to happen, and they would do something that completely contradicted that 10 minutes later, and it really annoyed me. And there were so many unanswered questions, and I just really, I did not care for it at all. I thought it was dumb. Um, I I didn't love, I liked, uh, what's her name, Kiki Palmer's performance a lot, but what's his name, Daniel Kaluuya, I felt like, his, and through no fault of his own, his character is such a stoic and miserable dude that it was yeah. like he just, he was he just has like one expression the whole movie and it was like well how am i am invested in this character then like what am i supposed to be interested in with him um yeah i'm not no and i thought it was, nice. was really stupid also it was so. nice seeing what's his name though from the crow the oh yeah michael wincott's always yeah, great yeah. for sure yeah. but then he did stupid things too as a character it was like well why'd you do that that was dumb there was plenty of other ways to handle that like you didn't have to do that Ugh, just yeah, not a fan. No, I, I, I think I think he did what he did because you see him taking tablets. So I think he was just uh mm. anyway, spoilers. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay, what's your number four? Uh all right. So my number four. Now we're getting into the movies we've never talked about before. Uh my number four is Secret Headquarters. Um, it is a Paramount Plus exclusive film starring Owen Wilson. Oh yeah. yeah. Um and uh I, you know i hadn't even heard of it and then when i was in la actually you know la being a big movie town i saw a huge billboard for it and i was like it's got owen wilson dressed up as a superhero and a bunch of kids and i was like what is this movie um so when we got home from vacation i watched it uh and um i really enjoyed it actually it's it's the kind of movie that i think in like the late 90s early 2000s probably would have been a huge box office hit like it would have fit nicely along with something like spy kids Spy Kids. Yeah. Um, you know, it's basically Owen Wilson plays a superhero called The Guard. Um, he has this like alien technology that he uses, and his son, who he's kind of, you know, not a great dad because he's always off being a superhero. His son and his son's friends discover his secret hideout underneath the house, and they go in and they start playing with the equipment, and that attracts the bad guys. And so the kids kind of have to try and fight off the bad guys. But then Owen Wilson does also show up, so he's not just like not in the film at all. Um, but it's just like a good kind of like family superhero. Um, not really a comedy comedy, but it definitely is a lighter hearted film. Like I said, very much in the tone of something like not quite Spy Kids, but something like um, Sky High. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Sky High. It's that kind of thing, you know. Um, and uh, I, I find it quite enjoyable. It's not, you know, it's not cinematic genius or anything like that. But like Owen Wilson's always likable. The kid who plays his son is was really good. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just a fun movie. It's a good way to kill a couple hours. I think a lot of different age gr groups can watch it. I think kids like, you know, probably like later elementary school up or middle school up will probably enjoy it. And I think adults can enjoy it because it takes itself seriously enough. Um, but yeah, Secret Headquarters, it's on Paramount Plus. Um, it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And like I said, I think it, it in theaters at a certain time would have been a big hit. So uh, worth checking out at least. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I've seen, I saw the trailer for it and it did seem, it's, it's one of those ones where Going, well, where's this come from? When when was this greenlit and things like that? Right, I'm right. Good. I'm glad it's good. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think people will enjoy it. Okay, my next one is another one from this year. It's because uh, I saw it back to back with Nope. Uh, I had a had a free Monday and I just booked whichever tickets were showing at the time. But this mm -hmm. one is the Bullet Train. Uh, oh yeah, Brad Pitt, uh, Sandra Bullock, and a whole host of other people. It's got it's a really good cast. It's based on a. A novel. Let me get the one. I get the name right. Uh, based on the 2010 novel Maria Beetle by Kotaro Isaka, but it's really good. Brad Pitt's an assassin on this, getting on the bullet mm -hmm. train to get a package, and turns out there's lots of other assassins and thugs and thieves on the on the train, and it's basically an ensemble thing with Brad Pitt just bumbling around. His character's got real bad luck, uh, but it's 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 not a it's not the best film. It's not the worst film. It was. It really made me chuckle. Oh, it's, it's very stylized in the way it is. It has lots of whip pans and zoom focus and 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 flashbacks to give you the introduction to a character who's then only in it for like the next ten minutes and things mm -hmm. like this. Lots of cool, cool. You know, it's maybe a bit over the top in the way it's structured and everything, but it's a bit like uh, oh, the one from a while back. Which had a big uh, ensemble. Oh, that one. Oh, it's gone. It had Jeremy Piven and Ryan Reynolds. And it's oh. Gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But anyway, this one, it's uh, it made me laugh. Brad Pitt was funny. He's just trying to get in touch with his inner self. He's all, instead of fighting and killing, he, he starts talking and says, there's a wall between us. We need to open the door, or is it a window? And all this kind of thing. It's, right, it made right. me laugh. Some good fight scenes, some good characters. Uh, the, my favorites were... Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry, who have code names Lemon and Tangerine, but they their dialogue was really good. It was a bit like a mix between a is it Shane Ritchie? Yeah, Shane Ritchie and Quentin Tarantino kind of that kind of dialogue of two two hitman. Shane Black or Guy Ritchie? Which one? Guy are you Ritchie, talking yeah, about? Guy Ritchie. Sorry, yeah, okay. I, was I was like Shane Ritchie is is a uh, like their love child, so I'm not sure. Which okay. Sorry, yeah, Guy Ritchie. Yeah, so a bit like a because they were playing. They're playing Cockneys as well, so that's the right. Right. Thing. But right. I enjoyed it. It's probably probably don't need to see it on the big screen, but uh, it's worth a watch if you just want to pass a couple of hours having. A, I thought it was a good time. That's cool. Yeah, I, I definitely thought it looked like fun. I wanted to see it. I, it wasn't enough to get me out of the house to the theaters for it. It definitely was one of those ones that I thought like that'll be fun to watch on video, you know. Um, but I am curious to see it. So I'm glad you enjoyed it because it's definitely something I'm I'm oh, gonna watch. It, it is also utterly ridiculous, but yeah. Yeah, well, that's that that looked like it from the trailer though you know it yeah, doesn't yeah. look like the kind of movie you're gonna take all that seriously you know yeah. all right very good um okay so my number three then is uh we're no angels from oh, 1989 yeah, yeah no i know i'd never seen it before actually uh it's interesting it's um 
directed by Neil Jordan, written by David Mamet, of all people, uh, who, who, who gotcha. would have figured that. Um, yeah. It's a loose remake of a 1955 film with uh, Humphrey Bogart, actually. But it's uh, Robert De Niro, Sean Penn, and Demi Moore. And Robert De Niro and Sean Penn play escaped convicts who um, kind of disguise themselves as priests in this sort of small town um, to try to get across the border into Canada. And um, they have to avoid the police who are, of course, searching for them. Um, I guess it's ostensibly a comedy or a drama. I don't yeah, really know. Be kind of, yeah. It's weird because it's like it's a strange tone. Like it's not a very serious film, but it's not that funny. And it's not that funny. I say that not as a criticism like oh, the jokes don't land. It's like, it's not really trying to be that funny. Like there aren't a lot of jokes, but then it's also not serious enough to be a real drama. So, I mean, technically, I guess you could qualify as like a dramedy, but it's not, that doesn't really feel accurate either. I don't know how to describe it. Um, I think that was a great concept for a film, but it's it's a weird little movie. I can't say I didn't enjoy it. I can't say I did love it. Uh, it was somewhere in between. Um, it is hands down the worst performance I've ever seen Robert De Niro give. Um, and by worst, I almost mean like weirdest. Like he does a lot. There's a lot of times where like his character, instead of saying anything, cause he don't blow his cover. He just like gives this sort of fake smile and, and nods a lot. And like does this. So a lot of times it's just Robert De Niro going like, <laughs> which I know again, for people listening, isn't, isn't, uh, helping you at all but it's like just picture robert de niro giving like a goofy grin and like shaking his head a lot it's it's really weird i'm like you guys couldn't find any dialogue for him that would have fit that and like so because it's like half the movie where he's doing that it's it's really weird um to be honest with you i was kind of like what is this was this like robert de niro's like cocaine phase or something like you know how some of the <laughs> actors like or like stephen king's bad books were all during his cocaine phase like is that what's going on here i'm not sure um sean penn was really good uh Demi Moore was fine. I mean, I liked Demi Moore a lot, but it wasn't. She didn't have a lot to do with her role. Um, but the, John C. Riley is in it, and he looks like he's about twenty-two years old. Um, oh, wow. He's like tall and skinny, and has real short hair. And it was very fun to watch him back in. I mean, nineteen eighty-nine. Like you always forget that John C. Riley. Like you know, he sort of got big like in the two thousands. And I always keep watching these movies from back in like the nineties and even now, this the late eighties where he shows up, and I'm like, man, he had a career as a working actor long before anybody knew who he actually was i feel like yeah 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 um but it's an interesting one it's not great not terrible i don't know that anybody needs to watch it but uh i mean there's worse ways it wasn't i don't know it's an odd one but again another one we've never talked about so i thought that was kind of cool but i just i just saw it randomly and it just seemed appealing i was like i've never seen that de niro pen like demi Moore, like yeah let's give it a shot and cool interesting yeah i think i, I did remember watching it but i don't remember much about it so i want to watch it now just to see how much of yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, I will really want to hear what you what you have to say about it because it is a strange performance, and I don't know how much of it is him versus the direction of you know Neil Jordan and, and kind of what they did, how they wrote the character, but it is it is really kind of off putting, but in a in like a train wreck kind of way where you can't take your eyes off of it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Well, my next film is uh, from 1994, and it is uh, the bus that wouldn't slow down. Okay. When was AKA that? Speed. Oh, oh, I was like, I was like, I've never heard of that movie. Uh, okay, Speed. All right, I got you. I got you. Yeah, a, li a little film which stars Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock, uh, Jeff Daniels, and Dennis Hopper. We all know it. There's yep. a bomb on the bus. If it goes yep. below 50 miles an hour, it's going to go off. Uh, it's been years since I, I saw it, and it's uh, popped up on one of the streaming services. 
And I went, oh, I'll watch that. I watched it, really enjoyed it, always enjoyed it. Uh, some The bit where it jumps the gap, though, still gets me, because you see it from a distance. There's no oh, run. There's no run, but anyway. But I, I like I the whole setup and everything. It's got the guy who plays, uh, he was in The Brother from One of the Planets, and he was James Dyson. No, he was Dyson from the, oh, um, my name's, anyway, he Joe, played a police Joe chief. Morton is who you're talking about. Joe Morton, yeah, who is brilliant in anything he's in, and he's the police chief. Yep. I love the fact he's he's always angry with Keanu Reeves, but then as goes on, he's just laughing and going, wow, did you see that? Wow, did you get that? <laughs> I always like him. He's always good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, everybody involved is really good. Uh, nice group of actors on the bus as well. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, but, again, it made me – I always forget the end where they get off the bus and everything, and then it's the, the bit on the – the subway train. Uh-huh. It just I'm always like I lost I lost interest in it, and I remember doing that in the past as well. It's when that bit comes up, you sort of going, "But we've already done it. Oh, mm. still doing this now." Okay, it just seems to be, it seems to run out of steam a little bit when it's, it's trying to wrap it up. You think it's going to end, and then there's like another 20, 25 minutes of this final encounter. Right. But on the whole, well, I really like it. It's a good, good fun and everything. It, but uh, it, it's interesting because I've. I felt that way about the film before. I've always loved the movie, but I have always, I have, I've agreed with you in a lot in the past that that ending does always seem like it just, like it isn't quite as good as the rest of the movie. And that's a bit yeah, of a disappointment. Yeah, that's it. Um, but I watched it again a couple months ago, actually, with my daughter. She had never seen it before. Um, and I didn't feel that way this time for some reason. Like, like, okay. like the ending worked better for me this time than it has in the past. And I don't know why. Uh, it's not like I think the ending is brilliant or anything like that, or, oh my gosh, it's the best part of the movie, um, but it just didn't bug me this time around. Um, so actually, it's one of only three movies I've rated at five stars so far this year. So uh, that I've when I rate on my app, I keep track of all my movies, even if they're old ones. And I, so it's only one of three that's gotten five stars from me. So I'm wow. I'm a tough critic, apparently. But uh, yeah, so I still think, it, I, you know, yeah, it just didn't bother me that much this time. Go figure. Uh, I want to answer Richard's question, which you just put up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Richard Brown says pop quiz hot shot. How do you end this movie? <laughs> you blow up the there, there is a little bit of that you blow too. Up the boss take them out the equation. Right. That's it. Boom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um it, you know, I, I mean know. definitely it's it's I I agree that once you get off the bus it, it loses a little steam, but again, this time around it didn't bug me as much. So I, I it's a valid criticism, just didn't find it all that um, much of a problem the last time I watched it. But that's very funny, Richard. Thank you for <laughs> thanks for sharing that. Yeah. All right. Well that's a good one. You can't go wrong watching speed. We'll have to go after What's the that? ending of it. We'll have to go after the ending of uh, speed. Uh, well yeah that's a tricky one. I mean we can just break our format for that because obviously there is speed too. Yeah um, but you'd so you we, don't want to talk about that. We could follow Keanu. Right. Listen you know what? Here's the problem. Speed 2 has a bad reputation that is undeserved. Speed 2 is a perfectly good film. It's actually a surprisingly good action film that gets a really bad rap because Keanu Reeves isn't in it and nobody wanted to see them go through all that stuff in the first film only to not end up together. And then they not only did they replace Keanu Reeves, they replaced him with Jason Patrick. Now, Jason Patrick does a perfectly fine job in that role. He's just not the star that Keanu Reeves was. And I think that people really react negatively to it but i mean it's a yon de bont film and yon de bont makes some of the best action film. no yeah he did the second one too didn't he i think he did um he made the first one he made twister i, I maintain that speed 2 is actually a really good action film and i think it has a bad rep that is completely undeserved personally yeah, it, it probably would have done a lot better if it just hadn't been related to speed yeah just, absolutely you know. i i mean I, I agree but 
it's just one of those things that just is, you know, just can't live up to the, the, the first one, but it's actually, uh, I, I think it holds up on its own quite well. Not as good as the original, but definitely a fun, fun movie that I watch every few years. I throw it back in and I'm always, every time I watch it, I'm like, this is a good film. There's some really good action sequences in this and some good characters, some good humor moments, you know, some good action sequences. Like it's got everything except for Keanu Reeves. Okay. Uh, maybe I'll give it a rewatch again. How long has it been since you watched it? Oh, a good long time ago. Um, uh, I honestly... 97. Oh, probably yeah. About, probably about uh, early two. Yeah, probably not long after it came out. I would bet you that if you rewatched it, I think you would revise your opinion of it. I think you would be surprised by how good it is. We'll see. We'll see, Mike. We'll see. All right. Well, maybe I'll have to place a small wager on it. See if I'm right <laughs> or okay. Well, that's, that was my number three. What's, uh, what's your right. number four? Uh, my number two, then, is another film we've never talked about on the show. It's from 1957. It is Jailhouse Rock, starring Ooh. none other than Mr. Elvis Presley himself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I've become a little bit obsessed with Elvis lately, um, thanks to Baz Luhrmann and his movie about Elvis. Uh, I have really started to become an Elvis fan. I've gotten into his music a lot. Um, and, you know, he made like 31 movies and I've watched about a half dozen of them so far. Um, and they're interesting. They, they vary in quality. A few of them I've really enjoyed. A few of them are not so good. Um, but I know there's a couple of his that are kind of widely regarded as his best films. Uh, King Creole is one, uh, Jailhouse Rock is one. Um, and so I saw Jailhouse Rock was one of those ones that like, you know, it's new month on the streaming services, new movies and oh, look, here's Jailhouse Rock. And I was like, great, I've never seen it before. Um, and it's fantastic, actually. It's really good. Uh, it has a few of those problems of the 1950s films where like things get wrapped up a little too neatly here or there, or like some of the, you know, it, it would be interesting to see a remake of it because you could really dive in deeper to the characters' motivations and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, he's a, a dude. He goes to jail for, you know, he beats a guy up. He ends up dying because he was trying to, you know, sort of defending a girl in a bar, but also like he's hot-headed. Uh, you know, uh, learns how to leverage his talent into for music. He gets out of jail. He gets starts a record label. Gets you know gets the song out. Becomes a hit. Then he starts to become like your spoiled you know pampered rock star slash movie star. And then there's of course the girl who loves him, but he can't see it and all that stuff. You know, um, but I really enjoyed it actually. I think if you like like classic movies and you want to watch an Elvis related film that isn't one of the cheesy ones, Jailhouse Rock's the way to go. It also has that classic Jailhouse Rock musical number with him with all of the prisoners doing the dancing. Yeah, You've probably yeah. seen clips of it on TV. So you get a few moments of just like true Elvis, like rocking the hips and everything, which is fantastic. Um, and he was a solid actor. No two ways about it. He was definitely can carry a, can carry a film. Um, but it's breezy. It's like 90 minutes long. It goes by quick. Um, some other couple other good songs. Um, it's not. It's one of the less musical movies of his too, though. It only has like three or four songs, where some of his other movies had like seven or eight. You know what I mean? So it's like a yeah, real yeah. film. And most of the musical numbers are... In fact, all the musical numbers are within the context of being a musician singing either like in the recording studio or on a TV show or something like that. There's no just like everyone in the movie just starts dancing or things like that, you know. Um, so, yeah, okay. it's black and white, uh, but it's it's definitely one of his raw roles. Uh, and um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So, again, I'm, I'm an Elvis fan now. But even if you're not, I think it's worth watching. It's a good little flick. Cool. I remember I watched it years ago when I was a kid with my grandparents. Uh-huh. Must have been on TV, but I've not seen it since then. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Back into some of them, yeah. It's definitely like I said. It's I mean, it's not again. It's not like the world's greatest film or anything, but like it goes by quick. If you're just looking for something to throw on like late at night or whatever, and you're kind of Jones for something Elvisy because you know he's cool. Uh, it's definitely a good one. 
Okay, great. Okay, well, my next film is uh, A Walk Among the Tombstones from 2014. Mm. It's an adaptation of the Lawrence Block novel of the same name, which came out in 1992. follows a detective called Matt Scudder. And I, quite, I do like the Lawrence Block stories because it, it was uh, it started in 1992 and then each uh, each novel follows on. But it's it basically it plays out in real, real time as like as, as time moves on in the real world. It carries, you know, he, he matches that in the book. So Matt's growing older, getting used to different technologies and things like that. And people people come into it and things. I always quite like that the way it wasn't. It wasn't just this character stuck in like the one decade or things like that. So, but anyway, this one's Liam Neeson and the adaptation. It's not like it does involve some shootouts and stuff, but it's not one of his Liam Neeson super duper action taken movies. It's yeah. a it's a good detective story. It goes quite dark as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got David Harbour in it, uh, Dan Stevens, Boyd Holbrook. Uh, Great cast, holy cow! Yeah, I mean, lots, lots of them. They're not in it that much, but uh, what they do is really good. All involved, uh, and I, I really enjoyed it. The ending, I'd, I'd seen it once when it came out, and it was sort of was on on a streaming channel again, and watched it. I really enjoyed it. It's uh, well, it does get as I said, it gets dark. So I enjoy it as you know, as a good detective story and thriller. Right. Uh, again, it was the, the ending though is it becomes a little bit I don't want to say cliche, but kind of you feel like it could have gone a different way with the ending, maybe. Mm. But uh all in all I enjoyed it. I love the way he's figuring things out. There's some shocking moments which I'd forgotten about. Mm. Uh a great supporting cast. Uh there's yeah. a kid in uh, the kid in it, TJ played by Brian Astro Bradley, he's really good. Uh but it really you get the I wish I wish it had been a bit more successful, so we could have had a few more sequel mm. based on some of the other stories because it's right. really good stories. But Liam Neeson's good, uh, and if you're not seen it, it's worth checking out. It's a good detective mystery, mm. and that was my. Uh, That's interesting. You know, I've seen it on on whatever streaming service is playing on right now, and I'm always looking for films that are kind of in that genre or that mood. Um, and I've I've toyed with watching it again, but I. I I remember not really liking it very much when it came out uh, back in 2014. But I'll be honest with you, like aside from remembering that my general opinion was I didn't like it, I don't remember a single thing about that movie yeah, at yeah. all. Uh, story-wise, plot-wise, character, actor, nothing. Um, so I've been kind of avoiding it because I was kind of like, well, I don't want to waste time if I didn't like it. But maybe I'll revisit it because, um, I don't know. I just I don't remember a single thing. And, and I've found that... In recent years, I, I reevaluate movies quite a bit when on, on second viewing, so maybe I'll have a different opinion this time. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it a lot more this time than when I first saw yeah. it first. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So, mainly right. because, like you, I couldn't remember. I, I, there was a few little bits I did remember, but then on the whole, I, I'd, I'd forgotten lots of it, but it was uh, just nice seeing how it developed. Right, right. Okay, cool. And I, I think maybe when I first saw the film, I'd not long read the book as well again. Right, so maybe right, that right. Might have put me, made me think, oh, it's, yeah. But anyway, that's it. Excellent. All right, great. All right, well, my number one uh, is a film that, again, I'm sure we've talked about on the show before, but not at great length because I realized watching it that I've never actually seen it the whole way through before. I've only ever seen okay. pieces of it. And it is, from the early 1980s, Risky Business. Ah. Tom Cruise. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a really, really well-known, famous movie. One of the most famous scenes in cinema history is Tom Cruise dancing in his underwear. Um, and I've, I've 
I was like, you know what? I, I, when I sat down to watch it, I was like, I feel like I've seen it, but I was like, I don't know if I've ever seen it the whole way through. Or if I have, it's been a really long time. And I sat down to watch it, and five minutes in, I was like, okay, I've never seen this movie before. Uh, like, not in any way to like understand the story. I mean, literally, I've just seen bits and pieces on TV here and there, like the dancing scene and stuff like that, but very little of it. I, I really. I was like, okay, I've never officially seen Risky Business, which I feel bad about. Um, but either that or my memory has just gone so far that, <laughs> you know, I, I watched it and I just don't remember it. But, uh, yeah, I liked it a lot, actually, um, which I, I guess I shouldn't sound surprised because, obviously, it was one of the films that made Tom Cruise a star. But, you know, you watch some of those movies, especially from, like, the early 80s that are kind of well-loved. And a lot of times it's kind of like, okay, I can see why this was a hit back in the day, but watching it now... It feels a little dated. It feels like it's not that good or maybe it's not that, you know, uh, you know, the mentality of the characters is different from how things how we think today. You know, so it's like there's a lot of those types of movies where you watch them and go like, all right, I can see why it was so big, but it's not really that great. Um, and it's not like I think it's, um, you know, certainly not one of his best, best films, but I did enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot more about hookers than I think I realized. Uh <laughs> Like I know that I knew that was a part of it, but I I didn't realize how big a part of it it was. Like yeah, yeah. the whole movie is really about sex, which I I think I just wasn't quite dialed in on. Um, but I thought it was good. I thought his performance is great. Rebecca De Mornay is is good. Um, some some good supporting cast members too, like uh, Bronson Pinchot is in there. Uh, Curtis Armstrong uh, is in there. Richard Masur shows up, who I always like, you know. Um, but uh, great it's soundtrack. Is Charlie Thompson it? Oh yeah, Joey Pants is in it for sure. He's one of the main characters, sort of like right. one of the main supporting characters. It was like one of his first big roles. So Joey Pan- uh, Joe Pantoliano, for those of you who don't know, Joey Pants is. So um, yeah, yeah, Risky Business. Go figure. I know it's a weird to like have an epiphany about Risky Business like forty years after it came out, but uh, apparently that's me. So that's my that's my uh, number one, if you will, of the top, most recent five movies we've watched was Risky. Cool. Business. Yeah, I've not seen it. Not seen it for a while, but yeah, you know, it's a good film. Good film. Yeah, I just yeah. said good supporting cast. Okay, yeah. my uh, my last film ties in with your meeting. Uh, it's okay. uh, from oh. 2005. It's Lord of War. Okay, all right. Which Nicholas was a film Cage. where I was looking for something else to watch, and this came up as well. And I was going, yeah. Lord of War. I was going, yeah, I've seen that one. It's got the opening with the, the bullet and everything, and he's the, the arms dealer. And a bit like you, I was I put it on I, and I watched the opening, and I went, I don't think I've ever seen this. <laughs> But I'd, I must have read about it, I'd seen the opening and all the bits and pieces. Yep. But I got into it and I was going, have I seen this? All the way through, I was going, have I seen this or not? I don't think I had seen it before, but I enjoyed it as much as you can when it's with what it's dealing with. But I thought it was really well done by uh, Andrew Nichol. Yeah, um, I was going to say it's an Andrew Nichol film, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's stylized in places, but it's just the way it tells the story, the way Nicolas Cage narrates it. It looks like Nicolas Cage had a great time doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not totally over the top, but it's... Uh, just with the whole you know suit and tie all the way through yeah. I love the concept of it and it's it was uh, just reading here as well and at the end you see it but it was the film was officially endorsed by Amnesty International for highlight highlighting the issue of illicit arms mm-hmm. trafficking mm-hmm. but what he talks about as well and you realize just what's going on it's just shocking even now 2005 nothing's changed really right. I imagine. but right. it's just the way it's done it really takes this real serious subject matter and keeps it serious but also entertaining and yeah. just shows what goes into it and kind of almost how easy it can be as long as you know what you're doing and but also how obviously dangerous as well. But it was great. Another good supporting cast. Jared Leto's in it and I quite liked him in it. Don't always like Jared Leto and things, but he was good. Uh, but 
Oh, and Ethan Hawke as well. He looked really young in it. But yeah. uh, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, great scenes, great tension. Kind of, a, I imagine it could be a good one to watch back to back with Goodfellas. Similar kind of characters getting in, in over their heads or right. enjoying what they're doing, even though they know it's morally wrong. Right, right, right. But, uh, yeah, Lord of War. If you've not seen it in a long time, go watch it again because it's uh, real good fun. Yeah, I oh. like Lord of War actually. Yeah. Um, it is, it is, it does suffer from being one in the long string of films of Andrew Nichol that I get soul crushingly disappointed in because it's not Gattaca, and I just keep waiting for him to make another film that's as great as Gattaca because, as you know, it's one of my favorite movies. Um, yeah. And he just keeps making other movies that aren't as good as Gattaca, and I realize that that's a high bar, but it, I just like you know. And he's only doing it to get on your nerves, Mike. I know, I know. It's like his plan. Um, but uh, but I do like it. It is it is a good film. So uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was real, really did. I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad Excellent. it just didn't go, oh, I've seen that in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Very cool. All right, so there you go. Those are the last five movies we watched, and I think we talked about some stuff that really hasn't gotten a lot of play on the show before, so I always feel like that's a, that's really enjoyable, you know? It certainly is some good, yeah, good films. Definitely. And some other films that we the other person didn't like. Yeah, well, right, but I mean, still, it's 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 all stuff that's interesting. It's you know, it's good. Always good to talk about some new stuff, you know, for sure. So they can't yeah, all. I do, both I do like doing the, the last five films we watched, purely for that that reason. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right, that is going to bring us then to our final segment of the show. I know we're going a little long in this episode, but you know we haven't done an episode in like a month or so, so we figured we could talk a little extra. If you don't like it, then you probably not listen to the show because either you <laughs> mostly. I figure you like us if you like the show if you listen, and so if you don't like us, you probably haven't listened this far, so you're not even going to know that I'm rambling on like an idiot right now. So uh, <laughs> that anyway, our last segment is ATE recommends. What are we enjoying right now? Uh, Phil, do you want to kick us off? Okay, I've got two things. All right. Uh, one of them is because uh, Prey came out on Disney or Hulu. Uh, yep. and I, I quite enjoy Prey, uh, but yep. I think you posted this, but you've got a book, uh, which I got. Oh, yeah. yeah, I almost had, I was this close to having that as one of my recommendations tonight, and I'm glad that I, I nixed it at the last minute. <laughs> yeah, but uh, there you go. It's uh, it's a book of short stories all, all involving Predator. Or you got to say the you know, name for people who aren't watching, Phil. Oh, yes, yeah, of course. Predator, uh, Eyes of the Demon, edited by uh, Brian Thomas Schmidt. It's a book from Titan Books, but it's got uh, various short stories set in the recent past, the present day, and the far-flung future, where edge-of-your-seat adventures take readers across the earth and into the dark, unforgiving reaches of space. And I've uh, almost finished it, really enjoyed it. I've ordered the one which has came up before this because apparently a couple of the stories in this are set up in that one as well. But uh, right. It really, it really makes me appreciate the predator and the the design and what it can do because it's mm -hmm. uh, each one's been. I think I've enjoyed every single one of them, to be honest. Yeah, so far. But that's that one. On the well, second one, well, I was gonna, I was gonna well, hang on. Let me. I got, I got to respond yeah. now. You know, you slow down. Okay. Text. Uh, I was just gonna say, I, I've been reading that. I almost had it as my recommendation tonight because I've also been really. Enjoying, I've read about a little more than halfway through. You know, it is an anthology, and I always find anthologies can be very hit or miss. But I've enjoyed every story so far, and they really do expand the Predator universe. Um, and uh, I've tried with several of the Aliens novels, and I always find them ending up being boring. But I feel like the Predator, this Predator book. Um, is not that way and same thing I, I haven't ordered it yet but it's on my list to order that previous short story book because it, it sounds like people really enjoyed that one as well so good yeah. recommendation 
I think it's also good because you get to, some of the stories are from the viewpoints of a predator, different yeah. predators. So you get to yeah. see more of their society and thing, which is really exactly. good. Exactly. I, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, some different, and the fact there's different personalities of them. So where like with the alien, they're often it's just right. You know, they're just drones, aren't they? So yeah, exactly. But speaking of aliens, my second one, I think I've <laughs> recommended this before when it first came out, but I haven't played it until recently. Right, right, right. But alien, the role playing game, the starter set, mm-hmm. uh, which I ran. The mission that comes with a chariot of the gods, uh, with two sessions in, uh, it's it's set on a ship called the USCSS Montero, and I got this from a t-shirt shop. I was wondering what that shirt was. Yeah, so I'm trying to tiny... figure it out. All right, but, uh, it's it's really good. It's a I'm I'm playing the game mother, and it's it's all a load of roughnecks, a bit like using a ship similar to the Nostromo. They're just uh, blue collar workers, and then there's a distress call. And they go and investigate, and it's been getting creepy. But it's really good system. You have these dice. If you roll a six, it's a success, and you can push it. And every time you push it, you get a panic die, which goes into it, which means you've got more chances of success. But if you get a one, then you go into panic, and it can just spiral and just everything. Everyone dies. Mm. Oh, not yet, but uh, we'll see. But uh, looking forward to finishing off that adventure. But it's really worth checking out the starter set if you yeah. are into role playing games. Very cool. I like it. All right. Very good. I like them both. Little aliens versus predator there. Exactly. Yeah. Unintentional, but it's just the way it worked out. Right, right, right. Uh, All right. Well, let me uh, take a stab at this then. So my two, I guess I'll continue the theme first before I go to the other one then. So this is one I I told you before the show started, Phil, I might make you a little bit jealous with. Um, And this is the one that won't be as much. uh, It's it's it won't be as great. People listening people watching will enjoy it um it's less of a recommendation it's a little bit more of a flex i believe they're sold out so i can't really recommend it to people because i don't know if you're gonna be able to get one but um it's it's the thing action figure from john carpenter's the thing and they've done a few before of like mccready and the things themselves but this is actually the action figure of the figure from the movie poster with a uh. if you're not watching it's the uh the like the guy movie. in like a parka with the, all the light coming out of his yeah, face so when you oh. open it up Here's the figure. It looks just like the painting, as you can see. And what's even cooler is it lights up, so it looks oh, like. God. So you can awesome. see the pictures of it when it lights up. You can get it with like the whole face lighting up. Now I haven't done the light up part yet because it's got the stickers on it that make it sealed, and I'm a little hesitant to open it because it's like limited to 2,000. It was a San Diego <sighs> Comic Con limited edition and everything. So it's kind of like ah, I don't know if I want to open it to light it up, but I also really want to see it lit up. But um, it's beautiful and it was very limited and it's very exciting to have it. So um, there you go, Phil. I hope it didn't make you too jealous with that. Oh no, no, that's very cool. Well, I got uh, I got the McCready action figure. Yeah, I want to get uh, that one too. That is really nice. And I was going to have that here, but it's uh, it's not it's not here at the minute. So uh, no, there you go. I couldn't well, use that, but uh, very right. very good. That's very nice. I didn't see that one. Or did yeah. I see that one? Maybe. I think I told you about it, but I think that you were right before you going to that big gaming convention. That's right. That's yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. And before. You're going to the next one. I forgot to say as well. The Alien role-playing game is published by Free League. Uh, that's the symbol. Free League, yeah. the, the Alien role-playing game starter set. Cool. Okay. So who did that action Very figure? Good. Is that what's that? Who did the action figure? Uh, and Nika, N-E-C-A. They do a lot of the. It was exclusive through them, um, so they do a lot of really great figures. But that one I just couldn't pass up. I don't buy too many figures anymore because they're expensive and I don't have places to put them. But once in a while, I got to bite the bullet. So yeah, things like that, you've got to get them. Yeah, I couldn't pass it up. So it was a little more expensive than I wanted it to be. But what are you going to do? Well, uh, anyway, 
Uh, and then back to um, a more traditional movie type thing. We have this just came out today, uh, I believe. Uh, it is Star Trek, the original motion picture, six movie collection on 4K Ultra HD and Blu-ray um, and digital. Uh, and so here's what's, here's the thing about this, why I bring this one up, because it's not like there's a shortage of Star Trek movie collections out there, uh, obviously. But what Paramount did a couple, like two, three years ago, they put out a box set of the first four Star Trek movies in 4K Ultra HD. And I was like, well, why would you do that when there's six movies of the original cast? Just doing the first four seems kind of dumb. You know, like, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. get it. So they finally did the six disc set. But what they did was they also today came out and I didn't get that because I got the set, is the director's edition of Star Trek The Motion Picture, which is highly superior to the theatrical edition. But what happened was they put that out on DVD back in like 2005, but because it wasn't mastered in high def, when Blu-ray came out and took over, it sort of fell into the the ether because they didn't want to put on Blu-ray. It wasn't mastered in high def. So you haven't been able to get the director's cut on home video for like 15 years. Uh, so now they remastered it in 4K high def on Blu-ray on 4K. So you can get the director's edition for the first time in many, many years. Uh, they also included the director's cuts of Star Trek 2 and Star Trek 6, which are both only a little bit different, whereas Star Trek, the motion picture has like new special effects and like all of this stuff. Um, but uh, it's, I mean, you know, they're classic. The Star Trek movies are great. It's the, all the original cast adventures. Um, they look and sound really good in 4k, but they also have the Blu-rays if you don't have 4k yet. So you can still get the special editions. They have a ton of extra features. They're all the original extra features, but then the, the motion picture has a bunch of new extra features that were created and then digital copies, of all six movies. So if you don't already have them in your library, you can add them. So it's a really nice collection, nice packaging. I like yeah, that work a lot. That's nice. Um, and of course, you know, big Star Trek fan. I love the Star Trek movies. Um, so that is my other recommendation. Well, you mentioned the Star Trek the motion picture, the director's cuts, new release and everything. Uh, at the time of was recording on uh, liveforfilms.com, uh, I've got a competition running where you can win a copy of that uh, very thing. Yes. Uh, and it's proving quite a popular competition. I'm not surprised because it's a nice addition and uh, and there's a lot of Star Trek fans out there. So, yeah, definitely check out liveforfilms.com. Right, Phil? Liveforfilms.com? Yeah, liveforfilms.com. It's called, yeah, and the actual, the full title of the thing is Star Trek The Motion Picture, The Director's Edition, The Complete Adventure. There you go. Yeah, that's like the special called. deluxe box that I'm drooling and I'm very jealous. So whoever wins that, I'll be I'll be jealous of them. But it is a nice giveaway. So check that out if you are so inclined. Yeah, it's currently, as of right now, it's got uh, 10 more days until it ends that competition. Very good. Very good. All right. So good luck to everybody. Hope you guys win it. All right. So we've been going for a while now, but that is going to start to wrap us up. Uh, an action-packed show. I mean, as far as, you know, action goes but you know lots to talk about lots of new movies things we haven't talked about before uh i enjoyed the heck out of it phil i'm gonna go ahead and give us an a plus for tonight's episode i'm just gonna I do would it give, i would give it an a plus it's been a good performance all around yeah i agree <laughs> all right anything else you want to cover or say before we get going phil no i think that's it it's uh it's been it's been good to be back yes yeah, so th and thanks everybody for watching and commenting and listening 
Yeah, we should be back on a regular track. I know it's been a little while. Like I said, we were both on vacation, so we couldn't get – we weren't in the same – well, we're never in the same time zone. But, like, you know, Phil was away, like, right before I went away. And then so, like, you know, there's just a lot going on. And um, I think there was an illness in there at some point and stuff. But now we should be back to our ever our biweekly schedule every two weeks of a new episode. Uh, for the most part, you know, we're always a little loosey-goosey with it. But, you know, for the most part, we try and stay on track. So you'll be seeing us a lot more through the end of the year um, before we take off a little time for the holidays. So – uh, keep checking us out. Keep coming back. Keep watching movies. Keep leaving comments. And, uh, you know, keep after the end ending. That's not really a word, but, you know, whatever. It is now. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Come on. It's our show. We can do what we want. We can say what we want. <laughs> um, all right. So that's going to wrap us up then. So, uh, as always, we want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll see you next time. After the ending.